0: 91.3 KBCS Music and Ideas Listener Supported Radio from Bellevue College
1: The colors look alright now You know, the colors yeah. look pretty dope you know? Myron
0: Curry is an artist
1: um, I came in and, and put like this blue and, and pink and yellow stuff and I'm just adding like kind of green and
0: he was painting a Juneteenth mural in Shoreline at the time he spoke virtually with KBCS's Kevin Henry oh now where is that exactly
1: it's on Shoreline uh 178th north and Midvale avenue north It
0: was a windy day when they spoke which you'll hear in the audio
1: and sincere did all the Juneteenth the happy Juneteenth he just did that right now and that's him right there, taping off the letters and stuff.
0: Kevin Henry and Myron Curry talk about the importance of celebrating Juneteenth. Why do you think it's it's so important? Is my other question? Because sometimes people go, "Oh, it's a, it's just another holiday," you know. Why does it have that extra significance?
1: It's a part of American history. And I think the coolest thing about right now is that America is being more acknowledgeable and 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 you know, whether they like it or not, it's a part of American history. And there's a lot of American history that involves us as black people that are recognized or even known. Like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, young people don't even know. Even black people like me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm doing stuff and I love doing this kind of stuff because I get I learn, you know, like I didn't know what the Sankofa bird was, you know, and I was sitting there telling the ph- photographer like, trying to explain to him a little bit and he's like oh i know what it is and he wasn't even black and i was like oh okay my bad you know what i'm saying like you know and and you know like i have um you know she she's kind of like a mentor slash you know keeper and she kind of um she's really spiritual and she always gives me educates me about you know things and like I do the Juneteenth teacher for Seattle Central and some other stuff for Juneteenth for them and a lot of stuff but she educates me about history and about our ancestors and stuff like that and things that I didn't know you know like I didn't know exactly when you know, Juneteenth and exactly the history behind it, you know what I mean? And she educated me about that. And that was that's the importance, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, there were still slaves even after slavery was supposed to be ended and we're celebrating their freedom, you know what I mean? And we're still trying to capture the equality that we deserve, you know? And this is just a part of that um, venture and, and that roadmap that we're taking.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think there's so many people that think that after the after the slaves were freed in 1865, everything was fine then, you know, I mean,
1: everything was great and black people went out and got jobs. And just because you change the rules doesn't mean that the hatred's still not there. Right. Systems hadn't changed just the names for the systems, you know, and I learned so much. Like right now I'm writing a paper, you know, I'm in school um, about, you know, um, you know, the oppression of us, you know, as a people and stuff like that. And I'm kind of like more focused on, you know, um, financial and stuff. And then, you know, policing, we know that it's not for us. You know what I mean? Like, you you know, they're killing us out here, you know, and and it's still genocide. It's still, it's not different than, and then I learned about where policing came from and then it was like, oh, it made sense. You know what I mean? Like policing came from the people that was policing slaves, you know what I mean? And so their natural, you know, um, generational you know, uh, a job was to be out there catching any black person that wasn't working on a plantation. And then even after slavery was over, the Jim Crow era, they had a law that you had to sign a two year contract with your previous owner of the plantation as a job. And then that's how they came up with like vagrancy and loitering to arrest and basically kill us if we're doing anything besides working. Like, so if I'm standing on a corner and the white person standing on the corner, you know, it still applies today. Like they, you know, might racially profile, like, why are you loitering or you, you know what I mean? Um, but even more so, it was then like you just wasn't supposed to be standing nowhere where free people were supposed to be at. So tell me a little bit about about yourself, though, because you're an artist and you said you're in school as well. Yeah, um, you know, I'm a self-taught artist. I'm a re-entry student. So that means I was previously incarcerated. I did almost two decades. I did 15 years, um, you know, and I kind of just gravitated towards art, you know, and education and You know, working out, I just gravitated towards bettering myself during my incarceration and turned it into an opportunity for me to be the most powerful and, you know, um, best Myron Curry that I could be. Um, So the first thing I did is went to school as soon as I got out and then I didn't really promote like I do art, you know what I mean? Um, But in the spaces where I was comfortable at, which was school, and then I went to the Onyx Gallery, which is a Black um, artist gallery downtown Seattle in the Pacific Place Mall. So they were very welcoming and, and very, made me feel very comfortable. And I still show artwork there now, you know, but murals I really gravitated towards because of the impact that it had on my community and, and the places where I'm at. And like, you know, the central district is gonna be probably the most sentimental and maybe one of the largest public pieces that I do. You know, it's gonna be on the 23rd and Union corner um, in the new Midtown Square building. It's a pretty huge, it's a huge building, business and residential. But I'm able to create spaces that create a little more community unity and because, as we know, gentrification has took over, you know, in the central area, you know, so there's a lot of confusion and, and misplaced, you know what I mean, stuff going on there. And so things are the way they are. And I'm sure there's people there that are white that moved there that they weren't like, I'm moving here because of gentrification, but it, it's the system, right? And some people are just within the system. And I know how they say silence is violence or whatever, but I I, I think what they mean to say, or what they're by saying that is that being uneducated about what you're doing, like, I wouldn't just go up into a neighborhood where it looked like, you know, like, I might not be welcome here or it might be out of pocket. But for them, it's okay, because they got the police, which is another one of the biggest gangs in America. And then you got, I mean, because even like, you know, to be honest, like Republican and Democrat, big gangs, America is the biggest gang in the world. Like we just go over to other countries and tell them what they laws should be and what they need to be doing and democracy and all that. And look at us, look at our shit, you know, excuse my language, but you know what I mean? How, that's crazy.
0: That was local artist Myron Curry speaking with KBCS's Kevin Henry. Curry referred to the Sankofa bird in the interview as Kwame Abdul-Bey had talked about earlier in the show. The Sankofa bird is a mythical bird. It's depicted as facing forward with its head arched to face its back and holds an egg in its beak. The concept of Sankofa comes from the Akan people of West Africa and is tied to a saying that translates to, you can look back to fetch what you forgot. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.